You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. It's time to talk about the Green Bay Packers. This is your Packers Update, the Daily Cheese, brought to you by Packernet.com, empowered by Overtime Media. The Daily Cheese is a collaboration with the Packernet Podcast, hosted by Ryan Schlipp, the Pack Daddy, and I am your host, JJ Leahy. We have some injury updates and also a new addition to the practice squad. The Packers signed undrafted rookie tight end Nakia Griffin-Stewart. He takes the practice squad roster spot of former tight end Greg Roberts, who was released yesterday. At the same time that right guard Lane Taylor was finally moved to injured reserve, Devontae Adams and Kenny Clark both missed practice today. Although, Thursday's padded practice is probably a better indicator of whether or not they can play this Sunday against the Saints. Great news, though. Outside linebacker Randy Ramsey is back, along with tight end Josiah DeGuara, right tackle Billy Turner, and center Corey Lindsley. As mentioned, Kenny Clark and Devontae Adams were not able to practice today. However, Devontae did meet with the media afterwards, and he had this to say when asked about his lingering hamstring injury. Yeah, it's too early. It's too early to tell. It's feeling better. I think we, we're making uh, good progress every day, but yeah, we're just going to wait it out and, and see. Um, it'll probably be a decision that's made later in the week, uh, most likely, um, just to get a full assessment, give me the, the full amount of time that I need to get uh, get right to a, a real comfortable spot. Uh, obviously, I, I don't think we're there just yet, but we, we're making great strides on the way there. Devontae is a very open and transparent person, and had no trouble last year talking about his turf toe injury. It's entirely possible that Devontae will be a game-time decision. There's no question the Packers would rather try and face the Saints without him, rather than risk losing him long-term. Now, Corey Lindsay and Billy Turner practicing today are really good news. Of course, starting right guard Lane Taylor will require season-ending surgery to repair his knee. We lost Lane Taylor in Week 1, and backup center Lucas Patrick filled in at right guard during Week 2. If Billy Turner can play this week against the Saints, it would not be surprising at all for him to play at right guard with Rick Wagner filling in at right tackle. As I mentioned yesterday, center Corey Lindsley injured his right hand, which is the one he snaps the ball with. 
the Packers continue to suffer blow after blow to their offensive line. But how are they doing exactly? Well, they've only gone up against Minnesota and Detroit so far, neither of which have great pass rushers now that Daniil Hunter is on IR. However, those two teams are far from the worst defenses in the NFL. It may surprise you to learn, after all these injuries and losing key players, the Green Bay Packers have the number one ranked offensive line in the league. They've allowed one single sack on Aaron Rodgers so far. But they don't just rank first in terms of statistics. Stats are great, but they don't provide the full context sometimes. For example, the Packers have only gone up against Detroit and Minnesota. Can we trust that their great numbers are actually a reflection of how good they are as opposed to how bad the competition has been? Since we know they rank first statistically, I've turned to their PFF grades to try and answer that question more fully. Now, according to PFF, last year, 2019, when the Packers did have Brian Balaga at right tackle, they were ranked fourth overall behind the Ravens, Saints, and Eagles. They had an 81.0 overall pass blocking grade, nearly identical to the Eagles and Saints. This year, two weeks in, at 90.3, they are well ahead of all the rest of the competition. A distant second place is the New England Patriots at 85.8. Now, there has been a lot of uncertainty along the offensive line, and that seems to be how Matt LaFleur likes it. LaFleur and the Packers really like versatile players, guys they can move around and stick in different places at different times. And while that sounds counterintuitive and sounds like it should impact performance negatively, the results speak for themselves. Left tackle David Pactiari and center Corey Lindsley have been by far the most consistent. Between both guys, they've only missed a total of 15 snaps across two games. Lucas Patrick filled in for all eight of Corey's missed snaps. At left tackle, Rick Wagner took two snaps, and Yash Nijman took five. Nijman is likely the backup tackle if something were to happen to Bakhtiari and he missed some time. Although that could change with the return of Billy Turner. Right guard has been the biggest question mark. John Runyon played 22 snaps. Lucas Patrick played 67, and the remaining 65 all went to Lane Taylor before his season-ending injury. Thus far in the season, right tackle has been the Rick Wagner show. Left guard Elton Jenkins did take 33 snaps there at the beginning of the Vikings game, and rookie John Runyon filled in for one snap. Obviously, this leaves left guard, which has primarily been, of course, Elton Jenkins. And here again, we see Lucas Patrick filling in occasionally. He does take a significant number of backup snaps at left guard, right guard, and center. Here's the most exciting news to me. The Packers offensive line has always been dominant at pass blocking. New this year, they have taken a significant leap when it comes to run blocking. And this has been a huge focus of Matt LaFleur. He asks everyone, including the wide receivers, to be elite run blockers. Corey Lindsley is the highest graded run blocker on the team at 91.7, truly an elite grade. In fact, the only lineman who doesn't grade out as significantly better than average, when it comes to run blocking at least, is Elton Jenkins. He does, however, post up an 89.3 pass blocking grade, and that is the best of the entire team. So this Sunday, what will we see? Will the Packers continue to dominate against Cam Jordan and the New Orleans Saints? All signs point to them still being elite after this game. That does it for today. For more in-depth analysis and a look at Packers strategy, make sure you're subscribed to the Packernet Podcast, hosted by the Pack Daddy, Ryan Schlipp. Keep up on all the Green Bay Packers news by going to Packernet.com and follow the Packernet Podcast on Facebook. My name is JJ Leahy, and this has been the Daily Cheese, your Green Bay Packers news update.